Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. He's the publisher of the Trends Journal based in Kingston, New York. Welcome to the show, Gerald. Hey, how you doing? Great to be with you. So let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh, tell us the basics about what Trends Journal is about, and then we'll get into some detail about it. Well, my background is uh, I began my career at a graduate school running political campaigns in Westchester County, just north of New York City. And uh, from there, they sent me up to Albany, and I was the assistant to the secretary of the New York State Senate. From there, I designed and instructed American politics and campaign technology and taught that at St. John's University. And then I became a chief government affairs specialist for the chemical industry for many years in D.C., between D.C. and uh, Chicago. And that's where I really learned a lot of what I know now. Um, And uh, that's when I became a political atheist from being on the inside, seeing how government is run from, you know, being on the inside again from the Senate to hiring Ronald Reagan to speak before our group two days before he announces he's running for president against Gerald Ford. So I, I, I got to see the whole scene, and I realized that the reason people can't see a lot of things coming is because for two reasons. One is that they look at things one-dimensionally in the areas of their interest. So if you're interested only in the economy, you don't look at social change, geopolitics, very limited in the scope of looking outside your interests. And secondly, if people believe in their political religions, and that blinds them from having open minds, as I see it. And the motto of the Trends Journal is think for yourself, so we don't tell anybody what to believe. And so in 1980, I began the Trends Research Institute. I um, I made my name by first forecasting the 1987 stock market crash. Wall Street Journal gave us credit for that. I wrote the book Trend Tracking, Trends 2000, National Bestsellers, and other books, and the Trends Journal since 1991. How can people subscribe to Trends Journal, and what do they get, and what is the website they can find out more about it? They can find more about everything that we do at Trends Research, Trends Research, Dot com And when you subscribe to the Trends Journal, it's only $99 a year, and we have a quarterly. It's 54 pages, full color, no advertisements. And, of course, there's digital subscription, too. And we all make this very clear that we know a lot of people are having difficult times. So there's a discount request page. We try to make it available to everyone. Then we have a Trends Monthly, and then we do a Trend Alert each week. And we have a weekly... Uh, a daily, excuse me, a daily uh, show, Monday through Friday, Trends in the News. So we do broadcasts on the real trends making the news, not the stuff you're getting on the major media. And as we say, it's the only place where we believe you're going to read and hear history before it happens. So you're, you're doing economic trends, but you also do political and, and social trends, is that correct? Oh, yeah, we look at over 300 different trend categories. Matter of fact, I'm the guy that coined the term clean food back in 1993. New York Times did a big story on it. So we look at everything from whole health healing to food to water to social change, environment, and, of course, uh, politics, geopolitics as well. All right, so let's kind of, we're going to take, I've seen a lot of the material, let's kind of take things uh, one piece at a time. Let's kind of start with the economic situation. So... 
the political people, Trump and Clinton, have got a completely opposite view of where the economy is going. Trump says it's horrible and we need all kinds of protectionism uh, and all the things that he talks about. And Clinton says things are basically wonderful. We just need to make it better. Where do you see it on that kind of spectrum? Well, on our own spectrum, again, you know, I'm not voting for either of them. Uh, we're looking at a serious decline. And I, we only stick with the numbers and the facts. So just some of the facts. For example, median household income is below 1999 levels. 51% of the people working full-time, they're earning under $30,000 a year, 30000 or less. You're looking at, this is a fact, the wealth that has been attained since Obama became president in 2009, 95% of the wealth has gone to the 1%. And then you could take that number and you could spread it globally throughout the Western civilization. You have, for example, according to Oxfam, 62 people have more money than half the world's population combined. So again, as trend forecasters, then what we do is we'll say, okay, look what happened with Brexit. Why did that happen? Why did they leave in spite of all the pressure from the mainstream for the people to stay? It's that inequality issue is a big one of them. So on the issue of our economy, oh, you saw the numbers that came out last week on GDP. I mean, this is the second quarter of the year. This is usually yeah. a strong season. Springtime. Yeah, things are growing. Oh, yeah? Not this time. 1.2%. Look what's going on over in Europe. It's barely moving above 1%. Take a look at Japan. Take, they're, they're in and out of recession. Go down to Venezuela. You want to pay almost a 1,000% inflation rate? Wait a couple of months and it'll be there. Look at Brazil. Take a trip to South Africa. Go around the world. You just saw today. You saw China's purchasing managers index coming out. It was below expectations, below 50 so below 50 means that there's a decline. So you're looking around the world. The facts are showing that there is a slowdown going on, and people don't want to admit it. And the only reason the equity markets are going up is simply because of all the cheap money that's been thrown into the system. And it keeps the Ponzi scheme going because you're doing the carry trade. You're borrowing money for nothing, and you're buying back stocks at what? First three months of the year? $150 billion worth of stock buybacks. That's not true price discovery. And then, of course, there's the merger and acquisition activity, also done with cheap dough. So that's how we see the economy. You're, the calling this, uh, you're calling this Ponzi-nomics, is that correct? Yes. And, and so the idea doing. is that the, the, the federal uh, reserves around the country, the central banks around the, the world, are the Ponzi's. Is that right? Well, look what they're doing. Yes, that's, that's the way we see it. Here. You know, I like you. You're a nice guy. We've been talking a couple of minutes here. I have a deal for you. I got a 20-year bond I want you to buy. I'm going to use some white shoe boy language and call it negative yield. So when you buy this bond, in 20 years when you cash it in, because I like you so much, you're going to get less than what you gave me for the bond. You can't make this stuff up. And it's a yes. $13 trillion. Yes, indeed. Very good. All right, we're going to take our, our first break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. Uh, he is the publisher of the Trends Journal. You can find out more about it at his website, which is trendsresearch.com. We'll be back after this. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your, your host. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of The Trends Journal. You can find out more about it at his website, trendsresearch.com. Welcome back to the show, Gerald. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jordan. So we were just getting into Ponzi-nomics. So the central banks have pumped, pushed, pushed all this money at very interest, low interest rates. In fact, as you say, negative interest rates. Has this ever happened in the world before, a situation like this? Never. Never. They, they're making this stuff up. You know, we make forecasts. It's becoming more and more difficult to, us to make forecasts because they coming, keep coming up with schemes undreamed of. So, for example, we had forecast that the markets would have crashed in 2012. We did that in 2011. We had no idea they would keep interest rates. And remember, they have only raised interest rates in the states once in over 10 years, and that was last December, and a measly 25 basis points. So we never anticipated they would do this. And number two, who ever heard of quantitative easing? Yeah. Who ever heard of too big to fail? This is not capitalism. Who ever heard of plunge protection teams? Oh, so you don't like the way the casino is losing dough? So now you're going to put in a, a crew in there to rig the market? What I'm saying to you is they keep changing the game and making up. It's a Ponzi scheme. It is no more than that. And we have a Federal Reserve that, as you well know, is, is, need, is as federal as Federal Express. It's a private bank, and it's against the Constitution, by the way. Article 1, Section uh, 8, Clause 5. Only Congress has the power to print and regulate the supply of money, and that's been taken away from us. Yeah. So it's so- very difficult to make an accurate forecast. Again, who would have ever thought of negative interest rates. It's unheard of. 
It's never happened in the history of the world. So since you're in the predicting business, uh, how do you think this is going to go? And they just keep pumping money, go more and more into negative interest rates. What would be the, the tipping point where things would, the Ponzi scheme would be over in effect? How, how would that work? When it's, the people will only recognize it when the equity markets crash. That's the only indicator that means anything in, in our society. So the rest of society can and is going down the toilet. That's okay. But as long as the markets keep showing strength, that's the only indicator that counts that wakes up people when it goes down. So why would it go down if you keep having all the central banks, not only American, but the European Central Bank, the Japanese Central Bank, the Chinese, all these banks are pouring out money. As you say, companies are buying back loads of stock, takeovers and so on. Why can't the game just continue for a long time going forward? It can, and it has. And that's why it's very difficult to put timing on it. And he, by the way, here's another reason that they don't talk about why they cannot raise interest rates. First of all, go back to December when they raised them. We opened up in January. It was the worst January opening in the history of the Dow, the first yes. two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Right. All right, now, that's when they only raised interest rates 25 basis points. The bigger issue even than that are all of the emerging markets. If the dollar gets strong, the emerging markets, when they began the, the quantitative easing scam, what they did is they juiced all the world economies by flooding it with the hot money from cheap U.S. dollars. Now you go to these emerging markets, what are they rich in? Commodities. Yep. What are commodity prices doing? Well, they're way down. And not only are they way down, China, which is the major driver, they buy 40% of many of the raw materials, copper, iron, or nickel. Their, their economy is slowing down, and you look at their import numbers are way off, down sometimes as much as 18% in, in imports. So they're buying less. So let's put this together. If the company, countries and companies in the emerging markets borrowed all this money in dollars, they're selling less of what they used to export, and they're selling it at a lower price. What happens when the value of the dollar goes up and the value of their currency declines? They have to pay it back with more of their cheap money that they don't have. That is the big risk of raising interest rates in the states by the dollar going up. These, these emerging markets are going to crash. And you think they understand that, the Federal Reserve? Absolutely do. And, you and so that, that's one of the reasons you're saying they haven't been raising rates, is the dollar would go up and make it even worse for the emerging markets. Exactly. So, so you're, are you, that's what they are doing. Are you think this is what they should be doing, or should oh, they, think, kind of the no, game th- should end? No, if the, this is on, because the, the low interest rates and negative interest rates are a war against we the people. Look, I'm old enough to remember when people used to have a thing called savings accounts. Yes. And they used to have enough money from saving money to retire and move to Florida. Now you can't. You don't have a savings account anymore. And any money you have, you want to. They want you to gamble in the equity markets. Look what's going on with the insurance and pension companies, the pension firms and insurance companies. They can't get a solid return anymore. And, they're, and now they're risking. They're taking high risks because they have to bring money coming in. When this thing crashes, 
we believe it's going to be the greatest panic in recorded history. It will be way worse than the crash of 1929 because of all of the unprecedented money-pumping schemes from, from China to Japan to the U.K. To, to, to the EU to the U.S. We've never seen anything like it. You so the official, the official um, word would be, well, we've passed Dodd-Frank, and so we, we, and we've done all these stress tests, and we know that we've got all these things in place, so if things got out of hand, we're totally have it under control. That's basically what the Federal Reserve would say. So pick up the front page of the Financial Times on Monday, August 1st, and the headline right across the front page reads, U.S. $18 billion credit card debt spree sparks risk fear as economy slows. Then go back to last week if the U.S. isn't good enough for you and take a look at Deutsche Bank. And you saw its earnings in the last quarter drop 98%. Yeah. Look at the, as we say in the business, follow the money. Mm-hmm. And when you follow the European banks and even the banks in the U.S., with the exception of a few of them, you're looking overseas. You're looking at the Italian banks losing over 50% of their value with a crisis right on the doorstep. You're hearing from the IMF warning about Deutsche Bank could crash the economic system if it goes down. If it goes down, their profits just drop 98%. And again, they can't make money, these banks. goes back to the negative and zero interest rate policy. Yeah. Because they can't make money with interest rates this low. So would you play this by uh, buying puts and going short? I mean, if this is going to be the biggest downer ever, you can make a huge amount of money if you're on the short side. But again, how long will it take? And that's what yeah. we don't know. So for me, and I don't give financial advice, uh, what we, I'm a believer in gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And that's where it begins and ends with me. And that doesn't make it the right thing to do. So wh- why has gold and silver gone up so much in 2016 when you basically have a deflationary situation? Everything you've been talking about is deflationary, really. So I thought gold and silver does well during inflation. It's deflationary in the terms of supply and demand. But it's inflationary in terms of debasing your currency. So, for example, if you lived in Great Britain... Yep. And your pound just devalued 31%, hit a 31-year low, what would you rather be holding, pounds or gold? So it's a currency devaluation. If you lived in, I mentioned Venezuela, take a trip to Russia. How about even, I mean, even though the krona's coming back in Norway, it's still way below its high. And then you go to South Africa, look at the, you know, the, uh, the rent. The rent. So you go in country after country, uh, or the or the uh, real in in Brazil, and you see the devaluation of their currencies. So that's what we're talking about when we say. And I've never been, by the way, in all my years of forecasting. I'd say since 1991 when we began the Trends Journal, because I began my I bought my first buy of gold, by the way, in 1978 at 187 dollars and 50 cents an ounce. That was a different inflationary cycle. 
this is an inflationary cycle because the value of your currency goes down, not because the cost of the product goes up. So you could have a Zimbabwean dollar. It's going to cost you more of them to buy the same pound of coffee whose price may even have gone down. And so you're saying the people in these countries where their currencies are going down are buying gold as a hedge against their currency devaluating in front of their eyes. You got it. And the same thing, by the way, in China. Look at the yuan. And look at the devaluation. And look at who's one of the biggest buyers of gold, the Chinese people. Yep. And by the way, they're not buying gold jewelry now. They're buying gold coins and bullion. So is, is that so the better way to play it as opposed to a GLD ETF or a SLV, silver, or, or gold mining shares? How do you play gold if that's where you want to be putting money? Well, again, you know, for me, at my age, you know, I, I, I buy and hold. I buy, I buy for possession. But as a, for my retirement, I buy GLDs. So say, say your, your grand crash uh, happens. What will happen to gold in a case of what you're talking about? Here's our forecast for gold. And it's been in the Trends Journal. It's been there for everybody to read over the last year. We, I've always said that the bottom of gold was around 1,150. That I said that when gold started collapsing back in late 2011. Actually, I said this in early 2012. It, reached, it hit around near that bottom. I think the next downturn of gold, if there is another one, will be the last one. And from our forecast is that gold has to top $1,400 an ounce. Stabilize above it between, let's say, 1400 1480 $1,460, $1,490, $1,450. Go back and forth in that range. Stabilize in there. Then we believe it's going to be a quick spike toward 2000 Going back to the night, and again, I was there, when gold hit 800, closed at $850 an ounce in January of 1980, adjusted for inflation, Gold would have to be well over $2,000 even to get back to that mark. Yep. So we believe there's going to be a spike in gold once it solidifies over $1,400 an ounce. And the same is true for silver as well? Yes. Silver's running pretty, pretty parallel to it. Again, this is interesting too, by the way. Back in the day when I was talking about, you know, platinum was selling for almost double the price of gold back then. Yeah. But of course it never held that, that value. But so anyway, that's what we see for gold. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. Uh, he is the publisher of the Trends Journal. Uh, talking about all these economic trends, we're going to talk about some other trends as well. You can find out more about him at his website, which is trendsresearch.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. 
Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of The Trends Journal, uh, talking about all kinds of trends in the future. Uh, You can find out more about him at his website, trendsresearch.com. Welcome back to the show, Gerald. So in addition to what we just talked about, Ponzinomics, I guess you'd call it, let's go to some other areas here. You have what you call the people power movement as kind of one of your trends. Uh, I guess what happened with Brexit is an example of that. What's happening with Trump, I guess, to some extent. Explain what the people power movement is all about and where is it going. Let's go back to really, uh, let's start again with Brexit. They had a referendum. Could you imagine letting the people vote for what they want rather than having a so-called representative government telling you what you should do? And any adult that's over six years old knows that they don't represent us, the gang of 535 in Congress. They represent the people that give them the most amount of money. They call it campaign contributions. Where I come from, they call it bribes and payoffs. So we don't have a representative form of government. I mean, that's the kiddies that go to, you know, they learn in, in, in high school, and, and maybe they'll, they'll even keep telling them that in college for their history majors and political science majors. But in real life, that's not the way it works. So here they have a referendum. The people choose what, chose what they wanted. This is despite Obama going over there and, and telling the British that they'll be at the back of the queue, the term, of course, we never use in the United States, back of the line, even playing the card over there. You, you saw uh, Abe from, from Japan go over the U.K. warning them. You heard every one of the biggest and the boldest in Wall Street warning that the end of the world would come if they Brexited and left the European Union. And the people said, we're leaving. That was... Yeah. That was something that most people thought would never happen. Were you predicting that they were going to vote for leaving? We wrote a piece a week before, 10 days before, and we said that the way the polls were going, we believed they were going to leave. But then what happened was that, and and we also said because of the high levels of what's going on around the rest rest of Europe, again, our... Our process of trend forecasting is called global nomic, making connections between different fields. We're seeing the populist movements going with the AFD, the Alternative for Deutschland in Germany. We're seeing it with the uh, Freedom Party in Austria. 
You're seeing it with Gert Wilder's party in, in, in uh, the Dutch party. You're seeing it with Le Pen's party in France. You're seeing it in one place after another. So when we saw it happening with the Brexit vote, our, our bet was they would leave. Now, what happened, Jordan, and people forgot this already, you know, just several, a couple of days before the vote is supposed to happen, somebody kills a uh, parliament member, a woman, Joe Cox. Yes. And he yells out Britain first. And that changed the whole poll. Now it was going the other way they were going to remain. And even with that happening, they voted to leave. If that didn't happen, we believe it would have been a 60-40 to leave. That much. Wow. Wow. So what, what is all this about, this kind of far-right move in all these parties in Europe? I mean, some people say it's anti-immigrant, but it's probably bigger than that. What is, what's behind all this movement here? Well, again, that term, far-right, you know, that, that's a term that they'll use in the media. It's, it's not about that. It's, it, there's a saying I have, when people lose everything and they have nothing left to lose, they lose it. And they're losing everything. You look at the numbers. You look at the unemployment numbers throughout Europe. Look at the unemployment numbers in the United States among the millennials. Look at home ownership among the millennials is the, at the lowest point since they've been doing the records. No. Entrepreneurship among the millennials, the lowest in that age group since they've been counting these records. So people are fed up with the current systems that they feel are run by the elites. Going back to Europe, there's an identity issue. People in those nations want to also keep their own identity. They want to be English. They want to be Italian. They want to be German. They want to be Austrian. They don't want to be Brussels white. And yeah. that's, what the, that's a big fight against it. And also put on top of that, going back to the U.K., the migrant issue, and then come back to the U.S. with Trump taking advantage of the issue in the same way. You have the migrant issue in the, in the U.K. where people are complaining because of the Shenzhen Agreement when you belong to the 28-member European Union. People from Romania, poorer countries, could go anywhere they want across the borders, and the British are accusing them of taking the jobs for low-paying jobs that they can't have now and bringing down the income level and also, again, robbing of their, them of their identity by bringing their culture to dominate over theirs. Again, so, so do you think this, this has re repercussions in America that Trump is actually uh, kind of tapping into the same kinds of feelings that won, won Brexit and therefore he might have a better chance than, people, than the traditional media might think here? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, in our Trends Journal... Uh, a year ago, last April, we had Hillary Clinton the winner, but that was before Trump got in the race. And and at the cover of that Trends Journal, by the way, before Trump got in the race, we called it the presidential reality show back then. And we even owned the trademark. And that's two months before Trump got into the race. Mm -hmm. So he's a reality show champion. We make it very clear that the only thing that could kill Trump from winning is himself, or a wild card, because there's, again, and we only base this on what we know and the facts that we have. Go back to 1992, when Bill Clinton was running. The campaign slogan was, it's the economy, stupid. That's right. what they used to say in all the staffs. That's what it is today as well. You look at the numbers. 
the majority of the people are only concerned about the economy. All this other stuff are wedge issues. They play well in the media, but they don't play in the pocketbook. And by Trump going on with, and again, you tie Clinton back into NAFTA, Trump's against it. You tie Clinton back into Trans-Pacific Partnership that she once called the gold standard. Trump is against it. And again, Trump doesn't even know what it is when you watch the debates. The first one, Rand Paul had to correct him and say, no, China is not part of the Trans-Pacific yes. Partnership. You know, so, right, so, so say, for example, say, say Trump takes advantage of the trends you're talking about and say he wins and he's put into the economic situation we described at the beginning of the Ponzi-nomics. Would that make a difference, and what would happen if, if he, you know, he takes over instead of Clinton in that situation? Let's go back to the well. If we have Clinton, it's going to be more of the same, and that's the as we see it. Let's go back to Britain, and we'll come back to the states. Okay. One of our top trends for 2016, we called it the self-sustainability trend. After the Brexit vote, when Cameron left and Theresa May came in. She said, Brexit is Brexit. It's the vote it's the people want. She said words to the effect that the U.K. is a strong country and we can survive and thrive. And she, as we see, she's correct. Mm-hmm. Because what, what globalization has done is help the multinationals. No. But it hasn't built the, 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 the economies of the nations. So we call self-sustainability, let's take the United States, with 315 million people. You think we can make our own shirts, shoes, computers, cameras, and anything else? Of course we can. And if we trade among ourselves, and it's not only buy local, if I was an entrepreneur and I lived in the U.K., I'd be stamping out products made in U.K. with pride in any fashion, in any way I could possibly do. I would be bringing in business like you've never seen before, as I see it, as a trend forecaster. You're going to see nationalism is not a dirty word. It's a dirty word to people that love globalization, but yeah. not for people that want to maintain their identity. So I believe what Theresa May said. Yes, England has 65 million people. They're not stupid people. If they start trading among themselves, they're rich in natural resources, and they're rich in human resources, they can build an economy stronger than the one they have. The only thing that globalization has helped is the multinationals by the facts. Yeah, okay. Now, you, you are big on uh, what you call trendpreneurs, right? You actually had a conference recently on that. What on are some trend. of the trends that you see among the entrepreneurial class that you call trendpreneurs? On trend. On trendpreneurs. On trendpreneurs. If you're going to become an entrepreneur, get on trend and do it. Look for the areas that are going to grow and, and, and thrive rather than the ones that are going to decline. It's not what you want to do so much. That's a big part of it, to have your passion. But it's also, you know, find the right things and find the right fields. So what we do is a number of things at these conferences. Number one is we teach them how to forecast trends. As I mentioned, I wrote the book Trend Tracking, far better than Megatrends, Time Magazine. So I'm one of the only people that actually teach how to do it. So we teach them what to look for and how to look for it. Number two, we identify the areas of growth. So let's, let's, say, let's take, for example, everyone's talking about driverless cars. Okay. Well, to us, that's down the line. We already see driverless trains. Now we're going to see more and more driverless trucks like they're having in coal mines and other mining facilities. You're going to see them on the roads and driver, driverless buses because 
they have routes to take. It's not, you're not going, you, you have a specific route, you put them on that route, it becomes a lot easier. So now we say, is this a company that you would invest in? And if you have that kind of interest, is this something that you would get interested in? And then we look at the virtual reality world. And then we identify, okay, virtual reality is a reality. It's going to continue to grow. Where are the areas that we see growing fastest and biggest? So we identify that for them. And for us, one of the biggest ones are is interactive view, I call it, interactive university. Because going back to robotization that's taking the place of industrialization, and you're going to see more and more jobs lost, our education system was built on a German model of industrialization to teach the people how to read, write, do a little bit of arithmetic, and follow orders. That's the model of education. It's a dying system. Now we have robotization, virtual reality. You, now you start creating courseware that we, it's a whole different learning system. So as we say for entrepreneurs, if you're interested in that field, if you took a degree in education, here, start putting it in this direction. Or if you want to invest in different fields, here are the companies that we see thriving. Here are the ones that we see declining. So, so say you want to go into this entrepreneur of virtual reality and education. How would somebody get into that and, and profit from that? First, what you do is you start looking at all the companies that are breaking into it. You look at the biggest companies first and see where they're going with it. And then if you have concepts, and again, everything, you know, I sold my books without, I sold, I sold big books without an agent. And in those days, they used to give, you know, healthy six-figure advances. Mm-hmm. I did it on my own. So you, you, you're, you have a degree in education, and you're interested, in, or, or you're very skilled in the, in the high-tech world and the breaking fields of, of, of uh, artificial intelligence and online learning. Yeah. That's how you approach it. You build the model. So it's going to overthrow, I guess disrupt is the big word everybody uses today, disrupt traditional education big time. Again, again, we only look at the facts. The fact is our education system stinks when you measure it against all other OECD nations. We don't even win, place, or show. We spend more money than virtually anybody else. So a virtual world of education... Like, let's, let's say, for example, look at what's going on in making the connections. We talked about artificial intelligence. We talked about robotization, virtual reality. Look what's going on now in the operating rooms of how things are becoming more and more digitized and robots are doing operations better than doctors are in certain fields. Yeah. Now you have a virtual world and you want to become a, med- you're a medical student now you're learning from the best and the brightest. It could be you're learning from somebody in Estonia. Yes, so, it's a crazy world. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. He's the publisher of The Trends Journal. You can find out more about all the interesting trends he's talking about at trendsresearch.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of the Trends Journal. You can find out more about his journal at trendsresearch.com. Welcome back to the show, Gerald. So we've kind of talked about a very volatile situation here. We've got all these, what you call, people power movements, uh, you know, uh, Ponzi-nomics, as we talked about. And you think this could lead to war, right? So w- what is the connection between all that volatility and potential wars, and how could that work out? You know, for, for example, it, 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 there's a big lie being told. And and the big lie, for example, is the, the anti-Russianism that that American media and the politicians are selling us on. And when I say lies, I mean outright lies. So, for example, I will give you two of them today. You just heard from the uh, policy chief policy advisor for Hillary Clinton, Jake Sullivan, claim, he says it right in, the, in an interview on MSNBC, that... Um, Putin seized Crimea by force. If I was looking at him face to face, I said, hey, Jake, you're a liar. Putin did not seize Crimea by force. Or maybe you're too stupid, or just maybe you're suffering attention deficit disorder, and you don't want to admit that they had a vote there. And the vote was observed by international observers, and over 96% of the Crimeans voted to leave and go with Russia. Oh, and uh-huh. by the way, Crimea was part of Russia, what, since I think uh, longer than America's been a country, except yeah. for a very sh- short point. So it's an outright lie, and then that lie is followed up by another lie. And you know who from? CNN. CNN claiming that Putin seized Crimea using force. So the okay. people hear this without knowing the knowledge. And so it's very easy to beat war drums. I got one for you. 
Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction and ties to al-Qaeda. I got another one for you, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, Vietnam War, that never happened. Wrote about it in my book, Trends 2000, how McNamara knew it was a lie, the defense secretary. So, so these are all pretexts, you're saying, pretexts exactly. for war that aren't real. Well, again, the facts speak for themselves. The so so you're, you're producing the future, though. What, what future wars we're not expecting might happen based that's on your... Our, that's our major concerns between Russia, China, and Iran. Because the, the, you know, one of, you know, we had one of our conferences here last year. Oh, and by the way, I launched OccupyPeace.us is the website. And it's to honor the founding fathers, beginning with George Washington, to bring home all the no foreign entanglements. Washington, Adams, Franklin, all of them. Anyway, we had Dr. Paul Craig Roberts here, who was Reagan's former assistant treasury secretary. People could get the video by going to our website, trendsresearch.com. What you're going to hear from him, you won't hear anywhere else. One of the deals that, he, that was made when Reagan was in with Gorbachev was that Russia, Soviet Union would give East Germany back to Germany. and. Yeah. The West agreed NATO would not expand further than it was. And then Clinton came in, expanded it, Bush expanded it, and Obama expanded it. So we're concerned about the wars. We're concerned about what's going on, particularly in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Yemen. The Yemen war is out of the news, launched by the Saudis. Yemenis did nothing to anybody. Again, and it, it, this, when you're, again all things are connected. Because I'm going to jump now. I'm going to go to Nigeria. Who cares about Nigeria? Ah, it's only the, the largest populated country in Africa, and they would have sold the most oil. And now oil prices are at $40 a barrel. Their economy's crashing, and civil wars erupting. Go back to Saudi Arabia. They launched a war against Yemen. Saudi Arabia needs oil at $100 a barrel to break even. You're going to start seeing civil wars, regional wars, and if it keeps going in the direction it's going, world wars. When all else fails, they take you to war. And the economies are failing. That's what we're concerned about. It sounds like it has certain uh, reverberations from World War II, when the economy went down, the Depression, people were desperate, they wanted Hitler as kind of a salvation for them. Uh, it sounds like echoes of that in various ways. Is that right? You nailed it. You're 100% right. The crash of 1929, the Great Depression, currency wars, trade wars, world wars. Look yep. at everybody about what's going on with the yuan, the Chinese currency, how it's being devalued. China doesn't want this currency devalued this strongly. The reason being, they are suffering money outflows that are unprecedented. They got to keep the money over there, and the people are buying gold. So, but but the politicians will say, "Look at that! They're devaluing their currency. They could sell more product." Well, and yet they're not going to be selling much more product because global demand is down over twenty. Oh, excuse me, over twelve percent. Yeah. So you could devalue your currency, but if people aren't buying what you're selling, you're not going to sell this stuff. So you're right; it's a replay of World War Two. So if, let's make you global emperor right now with total power over the world. What would you do to get the situation under control where we do not have a big explosion and world wars? Instead of bombing these countries into oblivion, I'd rebuild them. 
and I'd stay out of countries' affairs. Look, we can't even get the water clean in Flint. Take a trip down to Camden. Some clown's going to tell me they're going to fix what's going on in Iraq. Oh, look at the report that just came out, by the way, the 28 pages that they were holding back of the 9-11 Commission. 15 mm-hmm. of the 19 people that attacked, uh, ostensibly attract, attacked the World Trade Center and the Pentagon were Saudis. Yes. Why are we in Afghanistan? Oh, Osama bin Laden's been there. Oh, so we're destroying the entire country? Pull out. You have no business being there. Help them to rebuild it. Do you know we spend more money rebuilding Afghanistan at the level it is of destruction than we did rebuilding Europe with the Marshall Plan? So again, honor the founding fathers. Bring peace, joy, beauty, love, and morality back in. You know, how about anybody trying those words on and rebuild America first and then help rebuild these other countries? Stay out of foreign entanglements. Interesting. And on the financial front, what would you do about all the uh, Ponzi-nomics, as you talk about, and all the central banks pumping money in and negative interest rates? The bigs have to fail. There has to be a retraction, a real retraction, because when the bigs fail, that will leave money for the smalls to move in. For example, if the big banks failed, small banks would have been great. They weren't extended like that. So So you think in 2008 we should not have saved... The, the system that should not. not have been a stimulus program, should not have been a TARP in 2008? Absolutely not. And most of the American people were against it when you look mm-hmm. at the polls. And so you remember one time Congress voted against it, and they forced it through another time. And yeah. no, it's, no, no, it's, it's anathema to capitalism. In, in capitalism, there's no such thing as too big to fail. Oh, my friends are too big to fail? How about, Jordan, we call it the merger of state and corporate powers that a paisano of mine that I'm not very fond of Called fascism, yeah, Mussolini. Yeah. So in other words, it's 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 uh, uh, you have to let things fall to some extent to to come back clean. Right now, nobody wants anything to fail, and that's building up the pressure, is what you're saying. Exactly, because the only ones that are failing are the two bigs. I mean, we had who knew what an AIG was? Oh, you found out when you found out that the Goldman Sachs gang had a thirteen billion dollar bad bet with them, and we had to bail them out. Oh, and by the way, I forgot. Where did Henry Paulson come from? Before he was playing Frankenstein in the movies. Oh, he was the CEO of the Goldman Sachs gang. Where did Robert Rubin come from? The guy that deregulated the Glass-Steagall Act and all the derivatives laws that made these banks really bigger. Oh, wasn't he from Goldman Sachs too? The CEO. Yeah. Who's the head of the Bank of England? Son of a gun, he's from Goldman Sachs. Wait a minute, isn't Mario Draghi the head of the ECB? Wasn't he the forming managed director of the European division of Goldman Sachs? Yeah, yeah, did he know Turnbull in Australia? That's the prime minister. I mean, come on, it's bankism. Very good. All right, unfortunately we have to end. we got some really interesting stuff out this, this time. My guest this hour has been Gerald Salente. You can find out more about him at his website, Trends Research. It's really been fascinating. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Gerald. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.